0: Yeah, we are Bizak episode nine. Shout
1: out to my fantasy football teams. Oh, looking so fine. Woo! I'm feeling good, y'all. I'm feeling good. The Denver Nuggets are not feeling too good. They're getting their ass busted right now. 86 minutes and 40 seconds. 11 to 4th. This game is a wrap for all intents and purposes. This series is a wrap for all intents and purposes. But that doesn't even matter right now
0: because one of my predictions has come true.
1: The Heat have made it to the conference finals. The Celtics caught themselves fucking slipping. And it might be ruining my other pick, little bastards. My Yankees are fucking up royally, which is putting me in a, Semi-bad mood. However, I just came back from a great Labor Day trip with my mans and them's. So the beach made me relax. And I was able to do two fantasy football drafts while I was down there. And let me tell you what. I really love my team. really love my teams. With
0: an S. Because it's plural. Not singular. Fucked that up on the first one, didn't I? Yep. Fucked that up. Had another draft today. Pretty successful. Pretty successful a little crazy, but we'll get into that later,
1: football is one day away, football is one day away, football, bum, 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 bum. Bum, bum, bum. dum, dum, dum. that shit is about to be back, wait, wait, I could do that, right, on here, I can't, that's not infringement, is it, fuck, I might have just infringed myself, shit, anyway, all right, you already know what it is. We still ain't got no sponsors, so I ain't even going to play myself today because it still hurts. It still hurts a little bit deep down inside. We're going to go right into some baseball updates. Aside the fact that my Yankees are pooching the fucking shit. My San Diego Padres is still going strong. I love that team, man. I think that team is really going to do some things. Really, just going to keep saying that. Shout out to the Marlins today. Giving up twenty nine line motherfucking runs. How, Shway? How do you give a 29 run to the Atlanta Braves? Or any team for that matter? It's fucking baseball. That shit is ridiculous, but whatever. Whatever. Good job, Marlins. Good job. You guys have been the MVP of baseball so far with your just randomness of shit. COVID, fucking 29 runs, being in first place for a little bit. I think you're in the playoff hunt, kind of.
0: Woo!
1: I love y'all, Marlins. Good job, Derek Jeter. It keeps you interesting even when you're not around. All right. So, in the American League East, Tampa Bay, man, still in first place. Followed Sally to say by the goddamn Blue Jays. Toronto Blue Jays, second place, four games out. Yankees, third place, six games out. And the annoying ass Baltimore Orioles are only one and a half games out of the third spot in the American League, which would make them supersede my Yankees if everything ended today. The Yankees were squeaking, but if they didn't, 17 games left, we could be on the outside looking in. And then I'm going to have to eat a lot of crow because I've been talking a lot of shit about the Mets and the Phillies. And I think they're doing a bit better than we are right now. So fuck the Yankees for possibly making me have to eat my words. In the Central, the White Sox. I'm going to say that again. The Chicago White Sox, the team that I said was my ALE's dark horse in the beginning. They are officially in first place. Cleveland Indians are one game back. Minnesota Twins are also one game back. In the West, Oakland is still holding strong in first place. Four and a half game lead on the Houston Astros. The the Angels, y'all. The Angels. The Anaheim Angels have did it. They are no longer officially in last place in the American League West. They're now in second to last place. Mike Trout is balling. He's having, or he just had an amazing fucking month of August. OPS through the roof. Slugging. Home runs. Everything. Beautiful stats. Beautiful stats. Still on the outside looking in. Forever. In his playoff career.
0: So fuck you, Anaheim Angels. And stupidity for you, Mike Trout. But good for you. Fuck it. Deal with it. National League East. The Atlanta Braves, the twenty-nine
1: run scoring Atlanta Braves are a game and a half up on the Philadelphia Phillies. What the fuck? The Philadelphia Phillies had themselves a month of August. They were at one point, I think, they had a ten-game winning streak, which is amazing because that bullpen is super trash. But even with all the upgrades. But you know what? That offense is coming together. They're consistently hitting, which is something the fucking Yankees aren't doing. So maybe there is something to Joe Girardi's big-ass binder of shit in it. I don't know how they're doing it, honestly, because the pitcher staff is trash. The whole team is trash. I don't understand how the Phillies are doing this. But shout-out to the Phillies, though. Second place. Game and a half out. My engineer's happy. Some of my old heads and my young balls is happy, if that's that Philly shit. So everybody's happy. The Marlins. Right there behind them, two and a half games back in third place. I'm rooting for the Marlins, man. I think the Marlins be a fun story if they get to the playoffs. so That'll be interesting, but we got about 17 games left, so it's going to be interesting to see how this whole shit plays out. In the Central, Cubs are still holding on strong. Two and a half games up on the St. Louis Cardinals. Milwaukee's four and a half games back of the Cubs, two and a half games or two games back of the Cardinals for second place. Good job, Milwaukee. Cincinnati's creeping up, man. They're trying to do something with that offense. They're only five and a half out of first place, but they're a game out of third place and three games out of second place, which will put them squarely in the playoff picture.
0: in the West, Dodgers, Dodgers,
1: Dodgers. That's all you can say, fucking Dodgers, man. they're they're the epitome of consistency this year. and every other year it seems like in this division, the injury bug hasn't bit them. Their pitchers are pitching as expected. The lineup is doing what it does. It's so deep. It's so versatile. It's just, it's just an all-around good lineup, man. That front office done not a of a job. Hell of a job. Hell of a job. And they got Mookie Betts and extended him. Fucking shout-out to Mookie Betts doing what he does. In second place, though, San Diego Padres. They're balling. Four games back of the Dodgers. But they're firmly in second place because the Giants are nine games out of first place. That makes them five games back of second place. So, yeah. My Padres are going to do it. My dark horse of the National League. Looks like they're going to get in the playoffs. Dark horse of the American League. is also going to get into the playoffs. It's going to be fun. It's going to be absolutely fun. Baseball, you've officially proven me wrong. The playoffs will happen. You guys will get through your 60 games. With or without my fucking Yankees in it. Good job. Good job. Now I'm going to go to a small rant about the Yankees. What the fuck is up with Garrett Cole? Dude, we paid you all this money. Damn near half a billion dollars. And your ass can't not give up home runs. You're supposed to be the guy who plugs the hole when the ship is leaking. You're not supposed to be the guy who fucking creates another hole. Our bullpen, shambles. All that money in that bullpen, shambles. We still don't have fucking Mike and Ike, which that's what I'm calling fucking Judge and Stanton now because those two motherfuckers can't stay healthy for shit. It's fucking frustrating. Torres comes back recently, finally hit a home run today. Voice has been trying to do his best to carry us, but, I mean, he's only one person. DJ LeMay, who comes back, he's a hitting machine, but he's not a home run machine, so that doesn't solve our problems. Shout out to Debbie Garcia today getting his second career start and second career win. Holla, finally a fucking silver lining in there for us. Thank God. But I'm telling you what, man, we don't make the playoffs this year. Heads are going to fly. And if we get knocked out in the first round of this bum ass three game format bullshit, man, it's not going to be a good look. It is not going to be a good look. But. Baseball continues to do its thing. And again, the highlight of today. The fucking Braves put up 29 runs. The Milwaukee Brewers put up 19 runs on the Tigers. What the... Yo. Wow. And the ball's not juiced. The ball's not flying. Nah. Nah, that's not a thing. That's not a thing. In other news, the Nuggets are continuously getting their ass whooped. The score right now is... 94-83, which seems like, ooh, they're cutting in close, except there's a minute 30 left. And they did all this in the fourth quarter without Kawhi, who rested nice and comfortably, which is amazing. Which is amazing. But you know what's been amazing?
0: The Miami Heat.
1: The bubble Miami Heat have been putting on a playoff basketball clinic. And if you haven't been watching this team, This team, not just one man, but this team, ball out, offensively and defensively, stick to their system, play their asses off, shoot threes, move the ball, and just continuously, night in and night out, bust ass, then you're missing out. You're absolutely missing out. Jimmy Butler is a surgeon right now. He is picking his spots beautifully. He gets the team involved early in the game passes up shots that he shouldn't because he stays jumping into the lane and instead of taking a little teardrop he's trying to look for bam on a lob or he's trying to kick it out to hero or duncan Robinson. who side note duncan Robinson needs to get his shit together for the next series because they're gonna need his three-point shooting but he's getting everybody involved gordon Dragic is fucking balling out he's completely doing his thing and whatever he wants on the offensive side it's like the entire rest of the league that's in the playoffs Forgets that he's a lefty, which is fucking astonishing considering all the stats and the research and all the information they have at their disposal. Like, he's a lefty, guys. He's a lefty. He's gonna go left all the time. But it works for him. They're fucking doing their thing. Kenny Olenich coming off the bench, just shooting shots. Just shooting shots, man. He's like, listen, I'm here to set some screens, pop some threes, see what happens. Bam, out of bio. I said it before and I'll continue to say it. He's too versatile. For most of the fives in this game right now. And most of the fives that are left in these playoffs. So it's going to be real, real interesting. Whether they play the Raptors or the Celtics next. None of those big men are going to be able to stay with him. He's going to eat Tice if they play the Celtics. And he's going to eat whoever the fuck the Raptors decides to put at the five. Whether it's slow-ass Gasol. Or old, but he doesn't know it yet. Serge Ibaka. So that's going to be interesting. So the Heat, man. The Heat. If you haven't watched the Heat. Please do yourself the favor and do that because they are absolutely fucking balling. And it's beautiful basketball. It reminds me a little bit of the Warriors back in the day when they were first starting out. And it was a bunch of ball moving when Steve Kerr got there the first year. Very similar to that in the way that they move and kick and dish. And they lock up on D. All those guys are are just hounds on defense. And shout out to Crowder, man. Crowder is, I think he's probably shooting the best of his career. I've ever seen him anyway in these playoffs. He's nothing but grit and grind on defense. I mean, you got him and Jimmy that you can put on anybody. I wonder why Giannis couldn't even show up for the last game.
0: Speaking of that. Bucks, two years in a row. Best record in the East. Can't get to the
1: conference. Can't get to the conference finals, man. Everybody's getting fired, right? Nate McMillan got fired because. His team lost in the
0: first round. If they don't do something to change this up,
1: it's ridiculous. Coach Bud, and I like Coach Bud, good coach, more than a good coach, but he did the shit in Atlanta. Atlanta Hawks, they had that stacked-ass team back in the day. You had Bibby, you had Joe Johnson, you had Marvin Williams. Yeah, Joe Smith. And those guys were consistently and constant. then they had Cobra at some point. Year in and year out. Top three in the East. Great record. Great record. Which proves that the fucking regular season means nothing. But anyway, great record. When it got to the playoffs, they shit the show. Shit the bed. He cannot make adjustments within the game. He can't make adjustments at halftime. He can't make adjustments game to game that help his team Switch it up. So that same bullshit-ass offense that he runs during the year, which is just stop and pop, stop and pop, push and pop, come playoff time, doesn't do anything. Doesn't do anything to adjust. And I've said this before, and I'll continue to say it again. If that's the person you're going to keep bringing back with the same roster, and just keep bringing them back,
0: why would Giannis sign there? Unless
1: he's on his Mike Trout shit and he just doesn't give a fuck and wants to be overly loyal and he's content being in a small market in a fucking racist ass place because Milwaukee is fucking racist and Wisconsin is even worse. And that would be a sad situation for me to watch because he would just piss his career away, which I think Damian Lillard is going to end up doing the same thing for completely different reasons. But. At least with Dame Doll, they got a better coach because I think Stouts is a better, way better coach and a way better tactician than uh, Coach Bud is when it gets to the playoffs and switching things up and making in-game adjustments. But I tell you what, man, it's a sad, sad situation that Giannis and the Bucs are gone again. You don't get to see this guy, you know, continue to elevate year, in, year after year in regards to getting further and further into the playoffs and finally cracking that, that ceiling and getting to the finals. And it's just crazy because next year after next year, what do you do? If you don't trade him, he doesn't sign the extension, then you lose him for nothing. Or you could lose him for nothing. If he stays, great. Then you got the same fucking team. Because everybody else is going to know that you're strapped for money and your salary cap is trash. So why would they feed you players to help Giannis get over the hump? No, they're not. They're not going to do that. They're going to be a bunch of dicks and make sure that Giannis regrets that decision for the rest of his life. So it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. But the Bucks are out. I predicted it. I was happy that it happened. So we'll see how that goes. Celtics.
0: Raptors. The Celtics had the opportunity.
1: Last game to put them away. They did it. Okay. Heart of a champion. Forced game six. Totally understandable. Totally understandable. Now today.
0: We come game six.
1: The Celtics know, or they should know, I got to put this team away right now. I cannot give the defending champions, regardless of whether they have Kawhi or not, I cannot give the defending champions an opportunity to feel like there's life, like there's actual real life for them, and they can now sense and smell this next round, and once they get there, then who knows, all bets are off. Why can't they get to the finals, right? So you don't give them that opportunity, that hypeness, that energy. You want to put your fucking fingers on their necks and choke the life out of them, metaphorically, clearly, right? So instead of coming out like the fucking house is on fire and putting it on to to them early and not giving them a chance to even get into the game, get into a flow, nah, 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 they don't do it. They're careless with the basketball in the first quarter. They're careless with turnovers, with the fouls, Van Vliet ain't doing nothing. He can't find the shot. Silly-ass foul. Gets him three free throws and the ball. Next thing you know, he comes down. The next two possessions after hitting three free throws and hits two consecutive threes. Now they're backing it. Now they're confident. Now they're balling. Now they're going to be annoying the rest of the time. Now, mind you, they're starters,
0: Kyle Lowry, 33 points, 53 minutes.
1: Van Vliet, 21 points, 51 minutes. Both those guards had a combined 17 rebounds. Lowry had eight, Van Viet had nine. How the fuck do you allow these two little ass guards to get 17 combined rebounds? How? In a closeout game, when you have Jalen Brown, you have Jason Tatum, you have Marcus Smart, and you have Tice on the floor at the same time as these gentlemen. But the only person that should be giving up a fucking rebound to them is Kimball Walker. Because he's small as shit and his frame is tiny. So he's getting bodied every single time. Whether it's Van Vliet or Kyle Lowry, he's getting bodied. So I completely understand that. But how do you, the Boston Celtics, allow these gentlemen to get 17 rebounds combined? And then OG and OB, 13 rebounds. They're out. Excuse me, I just burped.
0: Felt fantastic. And I didn't throw up in my mouth. So that was great. Back to OG and Obi. 50 minutes.
1: 13 rebounds. He had more rebounds than Siakam. He had more points than Siakam. OG a fucking nobi. Not to be confused with Ben Kenobi, who was an amazing Jedi and did a hell of a job with Luke Skywalker after doing a terrible job and against Skywalker, but that's a story in the pod for another day. How? How do Celtics let this shit happen? I don't understand it. And then Norman Powell comes off the bench and gives you 23 in 38 minutes. Doesn't do shit rebounding, doesn't do shit assist-wise, just gives you straight hot fire. 23 in 38 minutes. All right, cool. So you say, Jason Tatum, man, he had a hell of a game, right? Yeah, 29 points. 14 rebounds, 9 assists. Man, he almost had a triple-double, 51 minutes. Man, watch that game. Jason Tatum did everything absolutely fucking wrong in that game. He wasn't aggressive when he should have been. He wasn't the best player on the floor like he has been in prior games when he should have been. He was careless with the ball. These fucking people, these basketball players, jumping in the air without nowhere to go with it is mind-boggling to me to do, period let alone to do this shit in a playoff game and a closeout game at that you're just careless with the fucking ball time after time after time you're jumping in the air with nowhere to go turning the ball over giving these guys transition points giving these guys transition threes and life that's what that's the most important thing you're giving these fucking guys life instead of just coming down being deliberate running your offense and then scoring a will why cuz you're taller and you're more athletic than most of the people that are going to guard you outside of Siakam And instead of being deliberate with your shit, no, you're 9 of twenty-one, nine of 21 in a closeout game. And you cost your team the fucking victory. Everybody else did their job. Everybody else on the Celtics did their job. Because he's supposed to be the alpha alpha. The best guy on the court. The best guy on the Celtics. And he goes 9 for fucking 21 in a closeout game.
0: Theis, 47 minutes.
1: 7 rebounds, 18 points on 9 of 11 shooting. That man does nothing but grab lobs, and that's it. He's efficient as fuck. He
0: did his job. Kimber Walker, 52 minutes,
1: 4 rebounds, 7 assists, 5 points. Now the 5 points are fucking unacceptable for a guy who's on a max contract and your starting point guard. Like, come on, man. Get your fucking shit together. You wanted to be in a playoffs so bad. You wanted to be in a playoffs with a team that was stacked around you instead of being on a goddamn Hornet where it was just you do everything by yourself. You finally get your wish. I get it. You're a little banged up. But five motherfucking points in a closeout game? Come on, man. But what I can say for you is... You were a floor general. You got into your spaces. You collapsed the defense. You kicked out two or three-point shooters. You did your job. You controlled the ball. You controlled tempo. And you weren't terrible with your turnovers. And you weren't making costly turnovers at costly times. Even though that fucking foul at the end when you for some reason decided to slap Norman Powell's forearm after everybody had shot the ball. Ridiculous. But whatever. Marcus Smart. The heart of the team. 50 minutes. 7-15 shooting. 6 of 11 from three-point line, 11 rebounds, 10 assists, 23 points. Triple-double by a man that's the 101st paid person in the NBA, which I said on my last pod.
0: All defense.
1: Does his job. Does his motherfucking job. And Jalen Brown, the man that got the extension already. 11 of 30. 16 rebounds. 31 points in 51 minutes. So everybody there on the starting five showed up with the exception of Kimba. But Kimba did his job as a point guard floor general. Just watch the game, man. Just watch the game. He did his job as a point guard. Jason Tatum did not do his fucking job as the best player on that team and damn near the best player on the court every single game of this series up until the last game. And he did it another game as well in the series, but they were able to pull out that victory. Like, come on, man. Get your shit together. Now you've given these gentlemen life. You've given the defending champs a chance in game seven for anything that can happen. If you saw the refs or whatever they call refereeing in that game today, you don't want to leave it up to the refs. And now you have. You've let these guys have life. And I said it a couple of pods ago when you guys were up. I think it was 2-1. I said the shit was over. It was a wrap. It wasn't going to go fucking... Any more than six games. And now look. You guys have let them force a a game seven. Good fucking luck against the defending champs. Who know how to do it. Been there before. And those dudes will not crack under pressure. I guarantee you. If OJ fucking Anobi is outscoring Pascal Siakam. They definitely not cracking. At all. So good luck dealing with that bullshit. In the West. I got to give LeBron a shout out. I really got to give LeBron a shout out. Yesterday, man, the dude was fucking unstoppable. The dude was unstoppable. He had big play after big play on defense. He
0: scored 36 points. He played a ton of fucking minutes. And he, he just was consistent the whole time. Mouse in the house. Took you in the post. When he needed a little rest, hit you with his handles,
1: looked at you disrespectful as all fucked, and then hit a three in your face. My man's stat line yesterday, LeBron James. 38 minutes. 13 of 23 from the field, 7 rebounds, 5 assists, 36 points, and I have no idea how many blocks he had, but I'm going to go with at least 4 blocks, and they were all huge blocks. Blocks that he came trailing from behind. Blocks it right in front of your face. He caught a block on a teardrop from James Harden, I think it was, or Gordon at one point. And it was like the dude was seven feet tall. Like if he was AD or some shit like that. My man's out here balling. He is on a fucking mission to get to the finals. I can't wait. I can't wait to see them play the Clippers. That's going to be a hell of a series. It's going to be the Staples Center. But in the bubble, because it would have been the same shit if they were in L.A., except they would have got to go home instead of going to their hotel rooms, sharing the same fucking place, fans just switching in and out each game. Shit would have been retarded. But whatever. Sorry, shit would have been crazy. We don't use that that word on the podcast. My bad. Anthony Davis yesterday, 39 minutes, 9 of 13 from the field, 15 rebounds, 26 points, only threw in six assists as well.
0: Rondo. thirty minutes. 8 of 11 from the
1: field. What? 3 of 5 from 3. What? 3 of 5 from 3 for Rajon Rondo. What? Only 9 assists.
0: 21 points. The Lakers, they got no choice but to be on a mission. Kobe's death.
1: LeBron James being the best player in the world, in his opinion, in most people's opinion. I still think KD and Kawhi. Are right up there as equals at this point. But I'm telling you what, in these playoffs, man, he's showing that he's either 1A or 1B with Kawhi because my man is delivering night in and night out. His hairline is not delivering, but he is delivering as a basketball player and as a great. So shout out to LeBron. I just had to give him that shout out because I already called him beating the Rockets in this series anyway. And for all intents and purposes, unless the Rockets and somehow get this to 2-2 tomorrow, I just don't see it going anything meaningful moving forward. So, shout out to them. I'm excited to see what happens. But LeBron James, my man, I salute you. And Jason Tatum, get your fucking shit together. Because if you guys lose game seven, you're going to get a whole lot of blame for that. And you can't say shit because you've been here before, bro. You have been here before. And if you go home again, then you have tasted that shit again, but one round less. Than the last time.
0: It's going to be crazy. It's going to be crazy. What's crazier is that I'm doing this whole podcast. Second episode in a row. And the only thing I'm drinking is water.
1: I am failing my cousin-in-law. I'm sorry, Brandon. I'm failing you. I know I was supposed to take a piece of Joe Rogan. Instead of smoking, though, I was supposed to drink. And talk about what I'm drinking these day. I'm fucking up. I'm fucking up. But it's been hard to drink during the week. Because I don't like drinking during the week. Just don't. I don't know. Don't like it. Gets me mad. Because I did it. For what? I work tomorrow. I got shit to do tomorrow. But we out here though. We out here. And we are out here because we're celebrating football. Not the racist owners of football. Not Roger Goodell. Not the fact that Colin Kaepernick still got a job, even though he's on Madden now. So he's getting those residuals. Shout out to you, Colin Kaepernick. Still getting paid, baby. Still getting paid. So we're not celebrating any of that shit, but we are celebrating football itself being back. Another sport to watch and entertain us, because I'm getting tired of binge-watching shows, even though I've come across some good shows lately, which I'll tell you at the end. But we're back. We're absolutely back. Season starts tomorrow. Most people's fantasy football teams are set and locked in in every one of their leagues, which is exciting as all shit. I know for me personally, I'm hype and I'm going to give you some of my sleepers later. But we start off tomorrow with the Texans and the Chiefs, which my engineer did not confirm with me in episode eight. But I wasn't wrong so that we didn't have to edit it out. Shout out to that. Woohoo! So
0: tomorrow... As I have to take
1: a sip of my water, Poland Springs, baby. Shout out to you. Tomorrow we got Chiefs Texans. Everybody fully healthy, with the exception of Brandon Cooks. Fucking surprise, surprise. At least not a concussion. It's gonna be an interesting game. Texans played them tough twice last year, in the playoffs and in the regular season. Deshaun Watson's coming off his nice big contract extension, six million less guaranteed as of right now. Then Pat Mahomes. Pat Mahomes just got engaged. Pat Mahomes got a ring. and Gave her the ring. Travis Kelsey is single. With a ring. Everybody ready. Everybody healthy. No preseason. No nick up. No, no nicks? No knacks. None of that. No major injuries on anybody's side. You got Hilaire. Who they drafted in the first round from LSU. Ready to make his debut. You got David Johnson. Ready to show people he's not super washed as it looked when he was in the Cardinals. I'm excited, man. I'm excited. Goes down 820 on NBC. I'm hyped for this game. I'm hyped for this game. And fantasy football wise, I do have Deshaun Watson in one of my leagues, two quarterback league. So he shares the spotlight with Dak Prescott, who I think is going to have a big year, contract year as well. My prediction. Chiefs by 10 late.
0: Chiefs by 10 late. But it's going to be a hell of a good game. Hell of a good game. So, first week, I'm going to run through every team
1: on the schedule. I'm going to give you my predictions ahead of Sunday, not knowing who's injured, who's not. We'll go IG Live on Sunday on the Scrap K version of Sunday or Sunday. Or the Scrap K version of NFL Countdown. Just to see if anything switches up. My man L will be in the building as well. So he'll give his picks. But here's what I'm going with. 49ers Cardinals. 425 on Fox. Won't be local. But we'll get it. Oh, we'll get it. Because I need to watch my Niners. I'm going with the Niners. Closer than the expert think though. My Lee Corso shit.
0: I think the Niners pull it off by 3. I'm telling you what, y'all are sleeping on Kyler Murray. Y'all are sleeping on that that offense. I'm not a big fan of the coach, King Kingsbury. But he's got a popping ass house. That offense gets spread out.
1: You got Grandpa Larry Fitzgerald in the slot doing what he does, Kenyon Drake. Should have a great fantasy football season. I don't know if he's going to have a good overall season, but he's going to have a good fantasy football season, in my opinion. Kyler's going to be slinging it all over the field. Running when the defense breaks down. When the offense breaks down, and the defense closes that pocket. And then you got Deshaun Watson's safety blanket in D. Hopkins. And he just got a big, nice little contract extension for himself, so he's happy. Everybody happy in Arizona. The sun is nice out there. The weather's nice out there. They're going to be all right. The defense is going to be better than people think. I'm going to say that now. The defense will be better than people think. And I have Kyler, Kyler Murray on my fantasy football team. One of them, anyway. And D Hop. And like two of my fantasy leagues. Yeah. Yeah. So all I want is a high scoring game. My 49ers defense is a little banged up. So that might happen. I'm good with high scoring. I'm good with Kyler Eden. But most importantly, and even 49ers to win. That's the most important thing. And Raheem Mozart, do your thing, baby. Kerry Kittle, do your thing. I know it's not Kerry Kittle. It's George Kittle. But if you know basketball, you know that reference. I'm just saying. Cods basketball, more specifically. Shout out to Kerry Kittle. Seahawks-Falcons. I don't really care about this game, except for I would like to see the Seahawks take an L, since they're in our division. But I do have Russell Wilson. So we we'll would like him to eat. I think the Seahawks win. I think it's not close. I think Matt Ryan and Julio get some garbage time late for fantasy points. I with that and I need that because I drafted Julio Jones because it's fucking Julio Jones. And Hayden Hurst, my, one of my fantasy football sleepers for this year, tight end. Got him from the Baltimore Ravens think he's going to eat. I think he's going to eat. But Seahawks, DJ Metcalf, Lockett. I think Carlos Hyde gets a touchdown or two maybe for me. We'll see. We'll see. But I like the Seahawks in this game. I like the Seahawks big. Jets-Bills. <laughs> it's, it's the fucking Jets. You know I'm going with the Bills all day. But aside from the fact that I don't like the Jets, Josh Allen, that defense, they get Stefan Diggs in the trade, in the offseason. Now you got him and John Brown running a fucking muck. Knox, they're tight end. Another guy who I think is going to be a sleeper this year. Got him running down the middle. I like that offense, man. Josh Allen's got legs, so he can run. He's way more athletic than people give him credit for, and he's got a fucking cannon. He's just not, not accurate at all. But the Jets, like I said in the beginning, CJ Mosley in the beginning podcast, TJ Mose is gone. You traded Adams. I don't care what nobody says. Everybody hates Adam Gase. The offense should be decent. You don't have Robbie Anderson there anymore. Crowder's good in the slot. I mean, that's pretty much all I can trust with their receivers at this point. Their tight end may or may not do something. Le'Veon Bell, from all reports, is being outplayed in training camp by my man Frank Gore. Shout out to Frank Gore of The U but formerly of the 49ers, took us to help take us to Super Bowl back in the day with Colin Kaepernick, so I love you forever. It's going to be interesting, but I think the Bills pull away late,
0: and it's not close. Bears-Lions. I don't, I don't give a fuck about this game.
1: Bears. They have a really good defense. I think it's still good. I have no idea. All I know is they started Mitch Trubisky again. The guy who they chose instead of Watson and Mahomes. So fuck them. I don't think anything good's gonna happen. Their running back situation was supposed to be good last year, it's not. And it's the same two guys there this year. Alan Robinson's the man when he's healthy. When is a big bold letter word? And it doesn't matter if he gets open or not because Mr. Trubisky can't fucking throw to him because Mr. Trubisky is trash. So, all that said, I still got the Bears winning this because I don't trust Matt Patricia or the Lions even though Stafford is the man. I love him forever. Kern Johnson, good running back. If Swift was healthy and he starts this game or if he can play, maybe they pull it out. Their defense, I'm still not sold on their defense, nor am I sold on Matt Patricia being a good defensive coordinator. I don't care what nobody says. So I'm going to go with that Bears defense being the X Factor. It's a close game. Nobody cares about it. Sorry. My boy Adam loves the Lions, but I don't really give a fuck. I hate the Lions. Packers Vikings, that should be an interesting game. You got Captain Kurt, who's not scared of COVID. He's riding with whatever the fuck he's riding with. Part, you know, one part. His faith, which is commendable and admirable, and he, obviously he should do that. One part just stupidity, acting like the shit is not real.
0: I hope that they lose.
1: I hope Dalvin Cook eats because I have Dalvin Cook in a fantasy football league, and I love Dalvin Cook. Outside of that, I really don't see anything they have on offense. Thielen is gonna get double teamed now with Diggs gone. Justin Jefferson's gonna take some time to acclimate himself to the league as a rookie. Or maybe he won't. Maybe he just comes out balls to the wall straight from LSU and he's fucking balling. And he just replaces Diggs seamlessly. Who knows? Who knows? Irv Smith, another guy, tight end, second year out of uh Alabama. I think he does a hell of a job. I think he gets a bigger role. I think Rudolph is uh the Sun's getting kind of low big fella on Rudolph. Um so I think he has a bigger role in the offense overall. It's a division game. So obviously it should be closer than people think. It's at home in Minnesota. Not that it matters. There's no fucking fans there. But too much stories and negativity about Aaron Rodgers. What's going on with the Packers this year. Regardless of how negative that shit was last year. They still had a great record. He still threw for over 5,000 yards or 4,000 yards. Whatever the hell it was. He's going to have a big year because Aaron fucking Rodgers. He's going to have a big year. People talking shit. They just drafted this guy I love in the first round. He's going to come out firing. They're going to have a big... He's going to have a big year. I think the receivers are going to have a big year. You have Devontae Adams. Shout out to him. I don't have him this year. God darn it. But I think he's going to have a big year. I think overall, Packers win late by a touchdown. That's my prediction on that. Maybe we get to see what the Packers receiving card will look like moving forward from a fantasy perspective. And I don't think Aaron Jones is going to have a big season, guys. I avoided him in every league because I just don't think he's going to have a big season. I do think that that paves the way for AJ Dillon, rookie, to come in maybe halfway through the season, take over that job. We'll see. We'll see. Patriots, Dolphins. Um, I'm not going against Cam Noon. Are you? Anybody? Anybody? Bueller? Nope. All right, cool. If you went against Cam, you were like, yeah, fuck Cam Newton. I hate him for whatever reason. Bet. You going against Bill Belichick? Go ahead. I'll wait. Nope. Silence. Silence in the scrap cave. Nobody's, Nobody's raising a hand. So clearly, clearly, Bill Belichick's still there. Still got a brain. Still got that system in place. You got Cam Newton now. So Josh McDaniels gets to get a little more creative in the offensive attack. Which means now they're less predictable. And they still have 800 running backs that you probably don't know who they're going to use. They probably don't even know how they're going to use. They still have 10 no-name receivers. They damn sure ain't got no tight ends. (laughs) But it's the fucking Dolphins and Fitzmagic. So, that's dead. I'm going Patriots. I'm going to go Patriots by two touchdowns. That'll be my prediction on there. But Patriots all day. Dolphins, though, once Tua gets in there, gets his feet wet. My man Matt Breed is going to shine out there as well, former 49er. I think they're going to do better than people think. I just don't think week one is going to be the time for that to start. Eagles, Redskins. Ooh, man, that is like talking about the Sixers or the Phillies or whoever else. They play the Washington no name team. Just. Team Washington. Team Dub. Well, Team Dub is not going to get a dub. They're going to take a fucking fat ass L. And I'm only saying that because my line brother,
0: the Hulk, loves the Eagles. My engineer, the greatest DJ in Philadelphia, loves the Eagles.
1: My man, Darkness, who has been in my house, in my cave for the last three years, Faithfully, every Sunday. Also loves the Eagles. And I like Carson Wentz. I don't know why, but I do. And I drafted Miles Sanders in like two leagues. And Zach Ertz in two leagues. So, Ertz to a Hertz.
0: Hopefully, Sanders can run for Miles.
1: I think the Eagles are going to win. But I think it's going to be closer than the people think. And I'm going with a field goal victory. Why? I think Haskins is going to be way better than people are giving him credit for. He's got a year now on this belt, half a year to start it, but a year in the league. You got his man McLaurin from college right there, second in the league for himself. They're going to be okay. That one-two punch is going to be fine. They can swing it out in the backfield to my man Love from Stanford once he gets his feet wet, even though it's a shit show back there in the backfield right now. I still think they're going to be better than people think for the long haul because Ron Rivera is a good coach. But I don't think they win this week. Sorry, guys. Raiders-Panthers. Um, I'm going to go with uh, Teddy Bridgewater. And there's no particular reason why I'm going to go with Teddy Bridgewater. But I'm going to go with Teddy Bridgewater. Because I'm rooting for Teddy Bridgewater. Besides the fact that he has a cool-ass fucking name. Or it, you, know, you know the story.
0: Terrible knee injury. Comes back.
1: Backs up Drew Brees. Starts a couple games. Does very well a couple of games, shows that he's back to old form. And prior to him getting hurt, man, he was on his way to being a very good quarterback, in my opinion. What weapons does he have? I don't know. Besides McCaffrey, who knows? We'll see if Robbie Anderson's not high and he can run straight. We'll see if Curtis Samuels does something this year. We'll see. We'll see if these guys actually do something. All these guys that were drafted so high, their defense is trash. Matt Rule's first year as a coach, And an NFL coach at that, should be interesting. Ah, uh, I think it's closer than people think. The Raiders have Josh Jacobs. They have Derek Carr. I don't know what that offensive line looks like health wise. Their defense, they have a bunch of picks back there. We're going to see what happens if they can put it all together this year because they weren't that great last year. They started off decently, but they ended terribly. The biggest thing about the Raiders, I don't know, is did Carr get enough time with these rookie receivers? You got Riggs and you got. The sleeper, I'm not going to say his name because I don't want nobody stealing the fantasy, but he will be starting. He's a tall gentleman. Goes by the first name, Brian. I don't know, man. I don't know if there's going to be enough in week one. So, because of that, because I trust Teddy Bridgewater and the fact that those receivers are NFL receivers that have done it in the NFL before, at least been on field, caught a few passes, know what to do afterwards, not going to be shell shocked by the whole thing. I'm going to go with the Panthers.
0: Over the Raiders by
1: 10 points 10 points 10 points and that's how my voice didn't crack. I did it on purpose. ha take that take that All right Brown's Ravens ooh division game get ready and buckle up if you hate Baker Mayfield because Progressive will be airing 8 million commercials with Baker Mayfield this year as it did last year and I I probably speak for everybody when I say, I don't know how that man has so many fucking commercials and he's done absolutely nothing outside of his college career. And that was only like two years of pro- productivity like that. But whatever. Shout out to you. Getting your money. I ain't going to hate on that, brother. Do your thing. Browns don't win this game. They got a great offense on paper. Got OBJ. Got Landry. Picked up Hooper in the offseason. You got the one-two punch in the backfield with Chubb and Hunt. All right, I'm just reeling off offensive talent. Like, there should be no reason. Stefanski comes in from Minnesota. He's your head coach calling your plays. I mean, technically, you should give these guys a great fight. It's a division game, but at the end of the day, I'm not going against Lamar Jackson and John Harbaugh. Hell no. No, 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 no. And they have a sleeper that I love, J.K. Dobbins. If you didn't draft J.K. Dobbins, which I did in about two, two three leagues, you're crazy, because he will take over for Mark Ingram at some point this year. But him and Mark Ingram 1-2 punch in the backfield is going to be dangerous. Hollywood Brown, who I also drafted in one or two leagues maybe three leagues, I don't know. He's going to have a hell of a season running those go routes. I think he got better with his route running as well in the offseason, working with some receivers, Antonio Brown being one of them. Regardless of what you can say about Antonio Brown, that man can run routes like no other. So I think he has a better season. I think Jackson has a better and more emphasis on throwing the ball, focusing on that, running less. I think overall they have a similar season to last year, maybe not quite as many wins since defenses have been plotting for them since last year's playoffs and the Titans kind of give them a little bit of a blueprint on how to stop them. but. Nevertheless, for week one, I'm going with the Ravens. I won't disrespect the Browns defense, so we'll go Ravens, 10 points. Chargers, Bengals, Chargers. Because they're not starting a rookie at quarterback. They have a hell of a defense. And they have Keenan Allen and Eckler on offense who have proven to do the damn thing. They lost Derwin James, which was a ginormous loss. My man from Florida State loved Derwin James. Hopefully he comes back. Gets healthy because his first year, he set the damn NFL on fire. But his last two years, man, injury riddled. I hope, you know, you can get things back on track. I don't want to see his career short at all. I think the the Browns, sorry, I think the Bengals will be interesting in the long term. I think for fantasy football, they will be really interesting. Joe Burrow is going to have to throw the ball. He's got T Higgins. I think A.J. Green comes back and is decently healthy enough to get traded somewhere. We got Joe Mixon at running back, who's a stud. I think fantasy football-wise, they're going to put up a lot of points because they're going to be in a lot of shootouts because their defense is completely trash. And I'm still not sold on their uh, coach, but I am sold on the fact that he's going to make sure that Joe Burrows gets every opportunity to throw the ball. So if you drafted Joe Burrows as a backup, good job. Good job. If you drafted him as a starter, you're fucking crazy. I don't care. You're crazy. You're crazy. But kudos to you for being that ballsy. In a league that you played for. If you did it in a free league, then whatever. You're just shooting the shit. I get it. Chargers, big. 14 plus. Tyrod Taylor puts up big numbers because he's trying to keep that man, Herbert, on the bench as long as possible. Bucks Saints. Bucks Saints. Huh. Well, here's the thing. My friend really likes the Bucks. He's a huge Bucks fan. I said it before on this podcast. They have all this offensive talent. I get it. I don't know what their offensive line looks like that's going to be a major thing I drafted Leonard Fournette I think he's going to have a good year so I root for him I love Mike Evans I'll definitely root for him how the hell can you not root for Gronk he's the man and Arenas is a hell of a coach he's so smooth and just kind of relaxed I like that approach and Tom's out there to prove that he did it he would have been able to do some of it without Belichick. Obviously, he couldn't have done all of it, but he's going to prove that he's greater than Belichick and not the other way around. So that's going to be interesting. All those things said, it's fucking Drew Brees, man.
0: Wait. What's, his, what's, what's the backup's name? Tatum? 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 Whatever his name is. He's diverse in his skill set, not in his color, because he's definitely white. He's definitely an X-Factor, though.
1: Kamaro's getting an extension. He's an X-Factor behind there. You got Latavius Murray as your your bruising back. Offensive line has continuity. That offense itself has continuity. You got the beast that is Michael Thomas. You got Cook at tight end. He's going to be productive no matter what. And then you pick up Emmanuel Sanders in the offseason to run... Either the two, the two receiver or the slot spot, which either way, it's a matchup nightmare for whoever the hell has to guard him. Because you're going to double team uh, Thomas. If you don't, you're gonna, he's going to eat all day. So all that being said, I don't trust the Bucks defense at all. I think the offense is going to be fun to watch from a fantasy perspective. It's going to be very fun to watch. However, he's going to spread the ball around too much, Brady. So I don't know if anybody's going to get consistent work uh week to week it's gonna get spread out so you never know who you're gonna be able to trust on that team and mike evans is coming in with a bit of an injury so that's a little bit of concerning situation for fantasy football owners so i'm going with the saints uh by seven because it's two hall of fame quarterbacks at the end of the day so but it is in new orleans and even without the fans i think they're gonna bring that energy somehow from a crowd noise perspective that they you know stream into the uh Into the stadium. So I'm going Saints there. Saints by touchdown. Cowboys-Rams. God, I don't care about this game. Outside of fantasy perspective. I think Dak has a big fantasy football season. Season in general. I think CeeDee Lamb. I think he comes on sooner than people think. People are really high on Michael Gallup. I think if you put Michael Gallup in a slot, I think he's way more effective in my opinion. Um, I think you want CeeDee Lamb on the outside. but Either way, can't go wrong with that. Zeke is going to eat. That offensive line is still there. They're a little banged up. They're a little older, but they're still there. But their defense, I don't fucking trust their defense. I don't. They got exposed last year, and unless Mike McCarthy's going to come in here and buckle up and just feed Zeke the ball play after play, which I don't see happening, I don't think they're going to be very good overall. However, in this game, they're playing the Rams. I hate Jared Goff. I think he's a waste of a contract. I think Hard Knocks did nothing to alleviate that thought from my mind. He's definitely trash and doesn't know what the fuck is going on. Uh, But they've hitched their wagons to him by giving him that big-ass deal. So there goes that. Uh, I do love Cam Akers of Florida State. I think he's a sleeper for those people that drafted him. I was one of them as well. Uh, He's explosive, man. If you like what Freeman did when he first came in for the Falcons, if you like what Warwick Dunn could do overall, he's kind of a combination of the two in regards to his capabilities and his talents. How fast he puts that together. Uh, How much of an opportunity he gets early. yet to be seen. But they still have Aaron Donald on defense. Ramsey just got the bag. The fucking bag of an extension. 71.2 mil. Fully guaranteed up front. Talk about cut the check. Cut that check. Cut the check. My God, that's a check. That's a lot of zeros coming all up front. So good for you. Mr. Ramsey. He came in with a bank with a Brinks truck last year to training camp and you got that motherfucking Brinks truck filled up this year. So good for you, my brand. Good for you. However, it saddens my heart to say this, but the Cowboys win. It's closer than people think. Since it's in the in LA, Rams New Stadium and all that, even though there's again no fans. I'm gonna go with the boys, ten. Boys by ten. Just cause I don't trust Jack Goff. Fuck Jack Goff. Monday Night Football. The traditional two games. We got the Steel Curtain going up against the New York Giants. <laughs> fuck the Giants. Fuck my man L. Because he loves the fucking Giants. Even though I love my man L. I'm trying to have him be a regular on the show. So I take that back. A little bit. But not fantasy football wise. Fuck that. And fuck him. Because I go against him twice a year. And I ain't trying to lose. So. Steelers, the defense, man, you got TJ Watt, you got Dupree, Mika Fitzpatrick gets a a full year now in that system, he knows what's going on, Mike Tomlin's the man, I'm not sure what Ben Roethlisberger looks looks like from a fantasy perspective as he comes back slowly, and I think that's going to hurt the value of Juju Smith-Schuster as well, fantasy football-wise early, but they're going to feed that ball to Connor. so if you drafted Connor, kudos to you. He's definitely going to get a lot of touches. I don't know who the backup is right now. I'm sure that'll play itself out. That offensive line is still sturdy with Ponce leading the way at center. Um, We'll see what happens with the younger receivers for the Steelers. Can they develop enough? I mean, can Ben and Roethlisberger throw them the damn ball? That's going to be a big, big, big concern. But on the flip side of that, you got the Giants. You got Saquon Barkley and Saquon Barkley. So if you could multiply him and fill up the rest of that offense, and maybe it'd be all right. They drafted some guys on the offensive line, but they're still babies. Daniel Jones, I think, is going to be better in year two than he was in year one, both fantasy-wise and regular, so that's going to be interesting to watch. But who the fuck is he throwing the ball to besides Saquon Barkley? Do you trust Erland Shepard? I don't. For some reason, there's nobody else. There's no other good receivers on the Giant. I don't care what nobody says. Ingram may be good... In- As a tight end, but if you can double him and you're gonna stack the box anyway, because you're gonna try to stop, uh, try to stop Saquon. I don't know. I don't like it. Fantasy football wise, I don't like it. I don't like it regular wise. And I drafted Saquon, so I'm hoping that that whole shit is a shamble of a lie. From what I'm saying, and he proves me wrong. But I don't think it is. I don't think it is. But in this game, I got the Steelers, and I got the Steelers big. I got them by 14 points, assuming Ben Roethlisberger can throw a ball and a pass more than 15 yards on a line. In the nightcap of that game, we have the uh, Tennessee Titans versus the Denver Broncos. I don't really know what to make of the Denver Broncos. I'm going with the Titans, clearly. You got Tannehill, again, now very comfortable in the system. Henry's a beast. You got a sleeper at tight end, now that Delaney Walker has moved on to retirement. Congratulations to you, you had a hell of a career. Especially fantasy football-wise, man, you were a beast. I appreciated you. A.J. Brown, second year in the system. That defense is hella good. and They sound clowny to add to it. Who had his best year under Mike Vrabel when Vrabel was with the Texans? So regardless of what I think or don't know about the Broncos, they're not gonna do shit against that defense. I don't care if it is in the Mile High City. It doesn't doesn't matter to me because they can just ground and pound. They've been there before. They got a bad taste in their mouth after you know losing in the, in the playoffs last year. I think they come out. They blow out the Broncos. But from a fantasy football perspective. Just like I think the Bengals players are going to put up points on the offensive side. I do think the same thing with the Broncos. They're very high on Drew Locke. I saw him in college. I don't think he was that great, but he does have arm talent, whatever that means, uh, when it comes to translating to success. They got a bunch of receivers, though. Courtland Sutton's going to have his second year, third year in the league now. Noah Fant, second year. Tight end across the middle. They go and get Judy in the draft from Alabama, who was just nothing but a beast in college, and I don't think that's not going to translate over in the NFL. I think he's going to be just like a smaller version of Julio Jones as far as productivity uh, right away. I'm not saying he's built like Julio or anything of that nature, but productivity-wise, people that come out of Alabama on the receiving receiving side, they usually know how to run their routes very crisp. They're used to the SEC talent, which is most of the first-round talent that gets taken on the defensive side of the ball in the NFL. So... Once he adjusts to that speed, he should be fine. They also got that dude, uh, J.K. Hamler, who's supposed to be a speed guy. Don't know much about him. Didn't see him much in college. So I don't know what to make of that team, but I do know that they will be slinging the ball all around. Von Miller's gone for the year. So that defense takes a huge step back from what they were expected to be this year. So again, that's another team to me that gets stuck in a bunch of shootouts. And so from a fantasy perspective, by all means, boo-boo. Draft those guys. Draft them in DraftKings. Do what you got to do because they're going to have the opportunity to put a point either way. So that's my week one predictions that will be going out every week. We will be doing my predictions every week for sure, for sure. And I will be updating you on my fantasy football teams as things get started. So my energy may be a little sad at times depending on how we're doing each week because it does matter. It does matter. Overall. NFL is back. Fantasy football owners everywhere are extremely excited. They are now starting to plan their seven-day weeks around football. That's a real thing, people. That is a real thing. So shout out to all the husbands, the fathers, the uncles, whoever is out there, and the wives, girlfriends, whoever plays fantasy football, shout out to you. Shout out to the stress that's going to come with... Week in and week out, hopefully you all have Red Zone or have access to Red Zone so you can keep in contact real-time updates with, you know, your players while your team is not playing. Hopefully, everybody's got their little traditions ready and lined up for Football Sunday. Everybody's got their new gear for the first Sunday of football. If you don't have new gear, you're a weirdo. The only team I can see not having one is the Chiefs, if you're a fan of the Chiefs, because you probably want to keep everything the exact same since they just came and won the damn Super Bowl against my Fucking 49ers, which still hurts, still hurts. And I won't be wearing anything from last year to start the season until we get off on the right foot. So that's my little superstition. But what I like watching right now, I wanted to give this shout out to Ted Lasso, show on Apple TV. Completely appropriate for the times right now. We need this kind of a character um, in our lives. This This guy is extremely positive overly positive <laughs> to a point but it's a fantastically put together show the cast is phenomenal it's set in England so you get their language the way they speak the frankness that they speak with um, the openness that they are with cursing and things of that nature so if you're if you have a child I wouldn't suggest that you let them watch that show unless you know that's your thing, and in which case, then let, yeah, let them rock out. But if they're not used to content like that, then don't. But if you love comedy, if you love a, a feel good i got a roof for this guy type of show, that is the show for you. It's not a Netflix type of release where they're just coming and giving you a full season. Uh, I believe there's six episodes released right now. The seventh episode will be released tomorrow, and Apple will continue to do that every week as such. Um, it's a soccer-based comedy. Shout out to my man Jason Sudeikis for having a huge hand in putting this whole thing together from executive producing to writing, etc. The cast is phenomenal. The writing is equally phenomenal. Every character that they develop in that show, it hits home. They're funny. Uh, They're witty. The wit is right on top of each other, so there's no gaps, there's no lapses in communication or in content, and it's just a well-put-together show. I personally think that. I know we binge-watched it this weekend while we were at the beach um, because we were up really early, and checkout was at a certain time. We were going to the beach after checkout, so why not binge something well? So shout-out to my man, The Hulk, for making us watch that, even though it was on most of our radars, but I will give credit where credit is due. He sat us down. He put that shit on. And we had to get through every episode that was available after we watched episode one, which the the episodes were only about 30 minutes, so shout out to that show. Also, shout out to uh, Lovecraft Country. My man Jordan Peele is out here doing the damn thing with the content that he's pumping out. He is also coming out with a movie uh, starring Jeanette, Jeanette Moonet. Right? That's how you pronounce it? Yep, Jeanette Monet, who I love her as an actress. She was in Hidden Figures. You know, she is an artist as well, but she's doing her damn thing. Lovecraft Country, fantastic show. Takes place in, I believe, the 50s or 60s. Uh, Very appropriate to what's going on right now in regards to the similarities with racial issues, racial divide within our country. Uh, Very appropriate for what was going on back then with a ginormous twist to everything. Because Jordan Peele is the fucking twist king at this point. Uh, As you know, he's already going down. That rabbit hole when it comes to horror. He's also going to be coming out with the remake of The Candyman. So you know what to expect from his content. If you've seen Get Out. If you've seen Us. It's very much in line with that. It's on HBO. Not HBO Max. But it is on both. Obviously if you have one you can get it on the other. Very good. Again just like Netflix. Or sorry just like Tel It's not a full season release. You know how if you watch anything on HBO. You know they don't just release full seasons at one shot. But it's a fantastic show. The acting is great. The characters are great. The storyline is fantastic. It blends in. Every episode blends in together. Keeps you on your toes. It's very suspenseful. I thoroughly enjoy it. Uh, My wife thoroughly enjoys it, which is dope. Because my wife goes down a rabbit hole. She goes down a rabbit hole when it goes to shows. So the fact that she enjoys that is also dope. And the fact that it aligns very well with the minority community. And more importantly, the African American community for things that were going on at that time. I highly recommend it for anybody who's, I don't know, socially and racially aware of what the fuck is going on in this country right now. And what's been going on in this country for the last 400 years. So you get a different, a, a similar taste. If you follow history, if you've seen other shows that take place in that time period, but with a completely different twist that you don't expect, but I guess you should expect if, it's, if you're a follower of Jordan Peele. Either way, it's a fantastic show. I highly recommend it. Those are my two recommends for this week. want to give a special shout-out to everybody we sponsored today, and by we, I mean me, because I don't know what my engineer did with his money today, but I didn't really do much of my money. I wowed it out. Wow. On the, wor- on the road for work.
0: You know what? Shout out to Starbucks. That cold brew
1: is hitting. Pumpkin season is here. So if you're a pumpkin person as myself. You're excited about the pumpkin brews. The pumpkin spices. The pumpkin beers. Pumpkin pie. I'm making pumpkin pancakes this weekend. With some walnuts in it. Because I love pumpkin. I'm highly excited. About the whole pumpkin vibe. But Starbucks has given you. Pumpkin. Or not pumpkin. But coffee products. That you can get at your local Wawa. And I love Wawa. Because it's convenient as all hell. I can get gas. And get my coffee fix in the morning. And if you get a cold brew. And you take. A Wawa 16 ounce cup of coffee. You pour a little bit of their pumpkin spice. You pour a little bit of the non-dairy fat free. French vanilla creamer, and then you fill the rest of that thing up with the cobalt. Ooh, wee! You got yourself an extremely cheaper version of whatever the hell they're actually selling you at Starbucks if you get it pre made. You're in control of your calorie intake, you're in control of your caffeine intake, and you're in control of the warm and fuzzy feelings that it's gonna give you. Actually, I take that back. You're not in control of the warm and fuzzy feelings that it's gonna give you when you combine those things and then go ahead. And enjoy that. So shout out to Wawa. They got my money today. As they usually do. When I'm in the field for work. Outside of that. No. They didn't sponsor anybody. Feel kind of sad about it. I feel like I'm not doing my part. To drive the capitalistic engine that is. Fucking us in the ass right now. But. Either way. I saved some money. So that's good.
0: Shout out to my man. Jordan. He is riding his bike
1: to say, fuck you, cancer. And I'm all about saying, fuck you, cancer. So give a big shout out to Jordan for that.
0: Outside of that, man, we out here. Great three-day weekend. Short week. Fantasy football drafts were success. Beach trip, fucking success.
1: Basketball the last couple days. From a watching perspective. Fucking success. We did another podcast. Fucking success. I saved some money.
0: Definitely a fucking success. And come tomorrow. Football's back. Football's back baby. We're going to get Matthew
1: Berry. On ESPN all day. NFL Live will give you three or four different versions of NFL Live. NFL Network's going to go crazy from start to finish. And then we out here. We out here. What, is it Al Michaels? Yeah, Al Michaels, NBC. So it's Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth. Ooh, something about Chris Collinsworth. I enjoy, Philadelphia doesn't, but I enjoy Chris Collinsworth as a commentator. And I love Al Michaels. How could you not love Al Michaels? So I'll be excited to watch that game. Hopefully Pat Mahomes throws some no look behind the back, off alignment, to a receiver type pass that we've never seen before and everybody lose their damn shit. But hopefully that same situation does not help any fantasy football team that I'm playing against that has Pat Mahomes be the deciding factor as to why I win. Or sorry, as to why I lose. And Hopefully Deshaun Watson balls out for me. And we start the year off right from a fantasy perspective. Good luck to all my fantasy football league owners out there. I bid you Godspeed. I bid you all the good juju to get off on the right foot. Because as you know, the first four weeks are extremely important. The waiver wire is equally important. So I wish you all, all, good luck. Unless you're playing me, in which case, go fuck yourself. And that's genuinely from the bottom of my heart. If you're playing me this week or any week, after this week, go fuck yourself. Take that. Take that. I love you in real life, but go fuck yourself in fantasy football life. All right? Fill up your DraftKings accounts, fill up your FanDuel accounts, because we are back, baby. Fantasy football's here. Yeah, y'all. Woohoo. You already know. You already know.
0: Stay safe. Stay blessed. Mask up. Episode 9 is in the books. Woo.